welcome to the show. You are in the right place if you are here for the Suicide Prevention Show. We're launching the suicide prevention movement, making suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. Let's start with you. You are a very inspiring person and we want to acknowledge you as a very inspiring person and invite you into more conversations with our brilliant speakers. Please consider becoming acknowledged as a VIP, a very inspiring person. You can do that by going to tspshow.org. You'll see the details, you'll see how we like to acknowledge our VIPs by just showering you with gifts. Thank you for all of my generous speakers. And it is a way you can help yourself by getting all the gifts and the programs and you can make a difference because 100%, none of the speakers take a fee for this. 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. It is a 501c3 nonprofit. Thank you. Now for the housekeeping. Turn off your distractions. Get a pen and paper. You may want to take some notes and you may want to doodle. Nothing is off limits here. And I promise you, the ride gets more interesting from here. So here's the deal. When you stick around today, at various times of the day, you're going to get access to the know, like, and trust factor assessment. This is how you can quickly go from beating yourself up to beating your own drum. It's how to turn your inner critic into your inner champion. And we drop that as a gift different times during the day. So hang around. It is a wonderful tool to help you get to know, like, and trust you. It's an important skill. And now I'm gonna be bringing in our speaker. So don't go away, here we go. Oh, I was recording that whole thing. Welcome to the show. And please help me welcome to the stage, to the studio, our speaker, Dr. Joy Peterson. We're gonna be lighting up the world and going into what it really takes to create a brighter future. And I am just so excited that Dr. Joy is the first speaker today, yay. All right, so let's get started by inviting Dr. Joy. There she is, poof. Oh, she's gone. She was there. Dr. Joy, feel free to turn your camera back on. Where did you go? Hello, calling Dr. Joy. There you are. <laughs> Technology, it's wonderful when it works. Technology is wonderful and yes, it works. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's good to see you. Likewise, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing with everyone this whole perspective of creating a brighter world. You know, creating a brighter future. This is what we live and breathe with. And I am super, super happy to see you. And I just want to acknowledge that if you, I see that we have a hand raised. If you type it into the chat, we'll be able to address it as we go along. And we will have some open Q&A after we talk. There we go. All right. And if somebody's listening to this or watching it, they can put comments and we'll get those as well. Dr. Joy, 
How are you? Well, thank you. Cool. Take us into your world because you live in a world that not everyone knows is even there. That's true. <laughs> so we, we, there's nothing off limits on this show. Go for it. Tell us about the world according to Dr. Joy. I think I'd like to tell a little bit of my history because it might explain how I got here and what's relevant for anyone to understand so they can impact their own life in a new way. I was working in Hollywood and broke into the entertainment industry with relative ease. And yet there were people that were calling me while I was working at Paramount Pictures. How do I get into this studio? Um, I'm struggling, I can't get a job, I've been here for six months, I, you know, all sorts of struggles. And they were frustrated and I couldn't figure out what made it easier for me. So mm -hmm. I started studying success and learned about the law of attraction. Basically what you think about comes about. So I started teaching techniques to help people achieve that and realized that everyone was applying those techniques and were very successful in some areas and not in others, <laughs> including myself. And we had <laughs> a little bit of frustration about that. So I wanted to look for another solution for just that. And I was taught a spiritual healing process, never knew about spiritual healing up until that point, but I was taught about the subconscious mind and how the subconscious has all of our programming and that's what is really generating the results that we are achieving. And if your conscious mind wants one thing and your subconscious wants something else, you are incongruent and struggle. So the spiritual healing process happened to identify the hidden causes of those challenges within the subconscious and release them. So it changed the way I, I approached life by always looking at myself, what is within me that is causing the world to show up in this manner, whatever the world is, my personal world, or even the world at large. All is really a reflection of me. And as we are ultimately all one, which is a hard <laughs> concept for many to understand, whatever I can improve within my own life helps all. All right, we're gonna pull you down. Okay. Because you're talking concepts and I want concrete. All right, okay. I want you to land me solidly on the ground. Okay. You learned the concepts, but you know, what's the impact that this has? Well, if, you're, if your subconscious mind believes that you are only able to accomplish a certain thing, or you have fear that you can't get somewhere, that's the part that's going to win. Even if your conscious mind and your efforts are putting forth congruent effort as far as I want this, I'm going to do everything to get this, but your subconscious mind says otherwise. It has a fear. Oh, if I cross the street, really, I'm going to get hit by a car. And that part of you is the part that wins. Okay. So that's the part that stops us from taking a risk. Correct. So even though I want, let's just say I want to launch a new program and have 50 people in it. If my subconscious mind has a programming that says, why would they listen to me? Correct. I'm going to have some struggles launching a course. I might actually launch the course, but getting 50 people, I won't, 
I'll forget to send emails or things like that, right? Yes, self-sabotage is, is a big one. <laughs> so that's, that's the kind of story that I'd love to hear about what were the observable behaviors that now you see were self-sabotaging that, that now you, you realize how to release. Because I want to make it real for people today. The journey into your world can sometimes make me feel a little ungrounded. Yes, I want to keep us at least with one foot on the ground. All right, you have to help me. <laughs> okay, I will help you keep one foot on the ground. And, the, and our participants, our attendees will also help by the questions that they ask. What we're talking about is creating your own future. And we're talking about the conversation that happens in your head between your conscious and your subconscious mind, right? Correct. Okay. The louder voice is the subconscious mind, but it's the one we don't hear. <laughs> All right. I'm getting it. I think I'm at it. All right. So, <laughs> so how long did you work in Hollywood? Because that's a fascinating story in and of itself. Be, and, and what made you leave that? I was there 10 years and wow. it, it was a fabulous career, loved every minute. And then I was guided to leave. I, um, guided to leave. Can you yeah. tell me exactly what that looks like? Yes. Um, I, I was, I've known my entire life that I was here for what we consider the end of the world as we know it. What? I, I was called in my twenties to serve God and although at the time was a little hesitant thinking that I wouldn't make any money at it. <laughs> so, um, but I was guided to go to, to Los Angeles. I worked in the entertainment industry. It was very purposeful. It was fun. It was an extraordinary life, but literally was guided to leave by, uh, I can talk to God and, and angels directly. So I received direct guidance from above and it turns out I learned later that it, had I stayed in LA, I would have married somebody wealthy, been very successful in a marriage and it, life had, would have been all about him and the money and the control that he had versus me fulfilling a calling that I came to earth to fulfill. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole. That's a real rabbit hole we could go down. Um, this whole concept of money and control and losing our path, which happens no matter what gender we are. Mm -hmm. We can find ourselves at a point in our lives where we go, how did I get here? You know, wait a minute, how did I get here? I didn't see a turn, yeah. Um, so you were guided away from ever having to face that moment in that situation, but guided to where, where did you end up? I, I ended up moving back to New Jersey, which is where I was from and started teaching networking, which was the other uh, skill that I used in order to break into the entertainment industry. Oh, powerful skill. Yes. And at the time, no one knew what networking was. It was not popular then. And you couldn't ask for help because that was just unheard of. And I had no choice when I moved to LA because I didn't know anything and didn't know anybody. And all I wanted to do was work in a motion picture studio and had to ask. So I learned, I learned by trial and error how to effectively get help to get what I wanted. Mm -hmm. 
and now I, in, in, on the East Coast, I ended up teaching that skill and helped open the door for others to accept help, yeah. ask help and actually know what they were looking for. Because if you don't know what you're looking for, it's hard to get help and really ask for the assistance. Okay, so asking for help, that's a big deal. And we talk about that a lot. So asking for help in your world, what does that look like? As far as my clients are concerned or? or... And well, you, you, you were talking about people needing to ask for help as they were networking. And I was going, huh, it's one of the biggest challenges I see in networking today still. I mean, it's, it's amazing that it's a skill that is not mentored well in the world right now. And it's a needed skill now more than ever. So you were teaching that, and I spent some time in New Jersey, so could not have done anything but help because you know, people build a better community there, just like we needed here in Florida. So tell us a little bit about that, about that journey and what happened next, because you don't really teach networking now. No, I, I was running a business network at the time and then I was teaching networking internationally. Mm -hmm. And at the time, people of all walks of life would come to my classes, mostly they were in, in New York. And uh, the idea of asking for help was unacceptable. And then the getting the clarity on what to ask was a challenge. And no one wanted to be perceived as weak or needy. Mm. And especially if you were already successful, you know, to have a need um, that was considered unacceptable and a challenge for many. But the more people were coming together and kind of embracing the fact that everyone has needs. And if they uh, in a community would ask the most important person they could think of that related to the subject they needed help with they would find the solutions they required with more ease. And I would often close w my talks with, if you had to network, you were always going through your, at the time, your Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were dating ourselves here. Yeah. Right. Who that ideal person is, if you needed to know anything, if you, if you wanted to get somewhere, if you wanted to get a job, a next client, or whom, mm -hmm. a solution to a problem, you always figured out who knew the most the most people, the most skills, the most education, whatever it was that was applicable. Mm -hmm. And so what I, but I, what I closed with is that if you went to God, who knows everyone and everything, and he was your one-stop shop first, he would open the doors to everything you could imagine with more ease. He would introduce you to all the right people. He would take you down the path to to help you get what you wanted, again, with more ease. And if you started your networking that way, you could even go into a room, a big networking event, and ask, who do I need to meet? And you would meet them magically. It would be so much easier to just meet the perfect and right person without even having to know consciously who that was or why you were meeting them. I'm, I'm loving this conversation. I'm gonna take what you just said and, and make it concrete for everybody. We've been talking, you know, and this is part of this whole conversation around suicide prevention because having connections is one of the things that helps us stay 
if we feel connected to each other. And you described networking. Some people call it networking with intention, but I'm gonna take what you said and put it into my words, which is networking using your emotional intuitive guidance system. So checking in with God, higher power, in divine consciousness, universal energy, or your gut. As right. far as I'm concerned, they all mean the same thing. <laughs> you know? So for, for, for setting some clarity around who it is that you most want to have help from, who, who is your who? Who is the person who's been there, done that, and can guide you on it? That kind of clarity works like a magnet is what I'm understanding. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so from, from networking to what you do now, take us on the leap, and then we're going to go into questions. I got a feeling people are going to have a few. Well, in 2004, Archangel Michael appeared before me, asking me to write his book, Wisdom of the Guardian, Treasures from Archangel Michael to Change Your Life, and asked me to join him in a healing practice. Hard to resist. So I agreed. Yeah, to okay. It's sort of like the, the fairy, ding. Yeah, I can only imagine that there was some resistance. I, I, I agreed. The resistance yeah. was telling anybody else that I was either... <laughs> talk to angels or whatnot and I was very hesitant I wrote the book with ease I had trouble publishing it because I again I didn't want to tell people that I could talk to angels and then I like I said I ran a business network and I finally said I have to come out of the closet and most of the, most of the people were men and I'm thinking they're not going to come back but I have to step into this new role and I announced this path and I got three men who join me as clients. <laughs> Rule number one, authenticity is where the abundance is. <laughs> that is so great. You, you, you came out of the closet, which has so many different meanings in right. our culture. And the reward, the validation from the universe was immediate. <laughs> Cool. So mostly I, I work with, I, I work with both men and women that are business owners primarily, and I help them now doing spiritual healing, addressing the hidden causes of their challenges, negatively affecting their personal lives as well as their business challenges. And, and, but I'm bringing in spirit mm -hmm. or whatever, like you said, whatever word you want to apply to that higher, higher part of yourself that can operate through you to help affect more change with greater ease. There we go. Affect more change with greater ease. This is about the topic of the day, which is how do you create your own life? How do you create a brighter future? So I have read your book. It was an easy read. You know, it was like having a conversation with my higher consciousness. Yeah, very cool. So let's move everybody just a little bit more that direction and say, okay, so somebody wants to create a brighter future. What's the first step? I would say surrender your whole life and every situation to God to allow God who is within you to work through you to create a life 
that is purposeful and with more ease. Cool. All right. So the first one is give up control. If anybody else in this room struggles with that particular step, there's a reason why step we don't ever get. See, I, mean, I tried leapfrogging over this one. Yeah, I was like, no, okay. Um, I could say I gave up control, but you know, actually giving up control. Mm, no, we're over here. What's step two? Yeah, we'll just see. It's like somebody who says they gave up working on their first million and they're working on their second one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what that first step was like. So deep dive with me here. Can you break it down into some micro steps? What are some actual activities that someone could do that would help their conscious mind loosen up a little bit? One, operating from the heart, not the head. Okay, so operating from the heart, not the head. Let's get it down into what's an activity that would represent operating from the heart and not the head. Well, it's really the, it's really the focus of where you're, where you're putting your mind. And I try to describe it a little bit. If you're in your head thinking, you're relying on the past and what you've already learned, been exposed to, etc. When you're operating from your heart, you're opening yourself up to the all-knowing. Now, if you're in your heart, if you can just feel it expand. All right, so we're gonna put an action with it. We're gonna say put hands on heart and then open arms. And doing deep breath, breath breaths, I can't even say it this morning, breaths. Um, and those breathing activities where you're say breathing in through your nose to a count of seven, holding your breath for a count of seven, exhaling for a count of seven, and holding for a count of seven. And if you do that seven times, you're actually clearing your energy and you're allowing yourself to ground more and be more focused on, on your heart. Wow. Okay. That's quite an exercise holding for a count of seven in between each action. What a great pause. Cool. All right. So if you don't feel expanded after doing that, I would say do it again slower because <laughs> that was pretty cool. All right. Before I do that and get lightheaded, um, I'm noticing a big shift in the chemicals. Um, and deep breathing in and of itself is what is stress management emergency you know, procedure number one is to take a deep breath. So this breathing practice is awesome. Cool. All right. So what else might someone do if they relax, they expand, they're in their heart, and they're still trying to figure it out. They're bouncing between their heart and their head. They're, they're like, I can't, you know, I gotta go. I'm supposed to, I'm not, you know, I sh they're shooting on themselves and taking themselves to shouldville. You know, if they're still in that bouncy space, what else could they do? I know this is so, it's, it sounds simple, but it's not easy. It, that surrender is so key, that really letting go and trusting that they don't have to be in control. And if they truly let go, it's, I remember a friend of mine um, who also can 
connect directly to source and, and get guidance. God said to her, when you are playing, I am working. When, when you are working, I am playing. So if you make a choice and say, okay, I'd rather God do it, source do it versus me doing it. I'm just going to turn it over and let him take it over. Whoa. I like that. Here's, here's what, it, what I just got from what you just said. If it feels like work, I've forgotten to give it up. If it feels like play, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Now, that was the premise behind the suicide prevention show, was that the belief that while suicide is certainly serious, suicide prevention can be seriously fun because we're over here playing and letting the world turn, not trying to control it all and not getting caught up in cycles of negative thought. So what you're talking about, lightening up the world, is about giving yourself permission to play and let your higher power, God, the universe, do the work. And I remember years ago, Archangel Michael said, play brings prosperity. Ooh. There we go. That's a quotable. Play brings prosperity. Ooh. All right. So do we attribute that quote to you or to Archangel Michael? Archangel just, Michael. It gets a little confusing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, all, right. all right. So that's going to be an interesting quote. Um, so I know why Abraham Hicks ended up being known as Abraham Hicks, where they put the dash in between and you've got the source and the channel. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever thought of doing that? No. <laughs> I, I was just thinking Michael Dash Joy, you know? <laughs> well, in a way, for years, we did come as a kind of a package deal. We're, we're always working together. But mm -hmm. it's really, you, this is the thing I think would change everyone's life. If they understood that if they allowed source to work through them, the world would be a better place overall. Everyone that allows source to work through them. And, and Michael allows source to work through him. I've, he's worked through me. God works through me. It's really allowing source to do the job. And if we just get out of the way and allow God to fix everything, but use us in order as a vehicle to do that, everything improves for everyone. Cool. You know, I like that. What if it was easy? We are living in a time of struggle. And I wonder if people are willing to look at the world in a way that says, what if I stop struggling? What if I started accepting that the world is exactly the way it is and I, it's supposed to be my playground? I'm supposed to make a difference while having fun. And that was the realization that I had to come to in order to do what I'm doing. Because when we're talking about the struggles of life, struggling with my identity as the mother of a teen suicide attempt survivor, when I stopped struggling against that thought that there was something shameful, something wrong with this, that I had made a huge error. When I stopped struggling with that, I'm just 
accepted the reality of it. That is part of my history that's not going to change. And so accepting the reality of my past is what made it possible for me to stand in the present moment and look around and go, oh, crap, we are in trouble. I mean, when it comes to the wave of suicide that we were paddling so hard to get ahead of at the end of last year, we wanted to reach the people before they had a problem, before they knew they were at risk. And then COVID hit. And it's like, oh my God, this is no longer a wave. We're looking at a full-fledged tsunami. And the argument for it's got to be serious, it's got to be you know, focused on mental health challenges, it's got to be over here in the land of intervention. And I'm like, hey guys, the land of intervention has its place, but it's not preventing this rising tide. So we want to get over here. And when you said you would come and help us bring light to the world, I'm like, that's what we need. Let's brighten it up over here so that nobody goes over into the dark side. And I know the joke, come to the dark side. We have cookies. You know, it's, the bottom line is that they're poison and people are dying. And what if they had another choice? What if they actually never even got near the ledge? And so let's bring them some more light, Dr. Joy. We've got them now where they have some activities to open up. They can, we have breathing. We have the question, if it feels like work, am I ready to surrender it so that I can go play? That's a really powerful question. I like that. The prosperity is in the play. So let's play some more. What's the next step for someone who wants to be more aware of giving up control is a good thing? Well, I want to address one other thing first, because I was reminded of this when you were speaking. Years ago, I had a moment of despair. Couldn't tell you why. I remember the feeling, though. It was awful. And in that moment, I said, I don't like the way I'm feeling. It was awful. I chose to give it up. And in that moment, I surrendered the despair to God. And within five minutes, it was like I didn't have a care in the world. That's how quickly God can work through a situation and a person if they're truly willing to surrender the challenge in that moment. But the world itself can improve dramatically by people just lightening up within themselves and choosing, I don't want to struggle anymore. I'm just going to give up that struggle and allow the light in and step into that bright future that it really exists by choice and where you're putting the perspective. And we're going to keep going back between right brain and left brain. We're going to get some exercise happening between the hemispheres so that we can make sure that we are engaged in this process. Because I know how simple it is to release, let go, let God, whatever the bumper sticker is that works for you. You know, the power of this to impact the world 
the ability to be part of the solution without having to do anything more than your own work inside your own skin, inside your own head. That's it. We're not asking anybody to go out and start a movement, though if you want to, I'm going to be talking about that later in another episode, how to do that. But what if, what if just cleaning up the static that's in the way between you and your emotional intuitive guidance system? What if you could live an inspired life and then other people could be inspired by you? So let's take them into when did your light really start to shine where you were no longer hesitant about who you are? Okay, I had to work on myself. Um, I also have the ability to read past lives and saw many lives of persecution. And those memories within my subconscious were probably my biggest block. So I don't have to go to past lives to find that. You know, I mean, I got a family full of crabs, you know, they want to keep me safe from the unknown and everything that I do to them is out in the hairy, scary unknown because I'm an entrepreneur and they're not. So, you know, the, the idea of persecution is a big one. Yes. And it holds a lot of people back. And we've also been trained to look outside of ourselves for solutions and that habit is often our undoing because we're giving our power away often to people who don't know any better than us or aren't any more, more connected to source. And they're only sh- shedding light on what they've been taught. Yeah. And we don't even know where their integrity is necessarily at any given time. So when we go within first mm. and learn to build the muscle of trusting our inner guidance, then we will know, okay, you get this information, go onto the internet, they'll take you to the place you need on the internet. You'll listen to this person or not, go to this book or not, or get the guidance directly spelled out clearly, depending on where somebody's um, involvement is at the time. But the other side will work through the individual where that individual is at to be able to lead and guide to the information that's most appropriate to that person at that time. The simple sentence, when you trust your inner knowing, you'll be guided to what you need next. And, it, and you don't have to worry about knowing 20 steps ahead. Right. Just trust that you'll be guided to what is next, what your next step is. Did I get it? Yes. Cool. All right. So Again, I'm looking for the tangible steps so that we can get this really, really grounded. So step one, I like, I'm gonna call this wing stretching. This is some wing stretching breathing. That way I'll remember what it is. So we're gonna do some heart wings, opening breathing, and the question of, am I playing or working? If I'm playing, keep going. If I'm working, give it up. All right. So that's step two. Step three was what we were just discussing. And since I didn't write it down, my brain went, where to go? The thought left this train. And I know <laughs> I put it into one sentence. So if anybody remembers, type it in the chat and we'll come back because trains always come around. Um, the conversation is one that truly matters. 
this idea that we can be internally guided. Oh, it was not asking for outside. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna frame this in one phrase. How about we call it healthy self-centeredness, where you are in the center of your own life. Because when we start asking advice from other people, we're actually inviting them to be in the center and in the control of our lives. Especially if we're asking someone who's high on the self-absorption scale and they have an attachment to us doing what they say, then, you know, hey, that's no longer my life. And I lived that way for a long time, Dr. Jar. I was very much driven by other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations. So having a step out of that, because we often do it to some extent. So what's one step out of that beyond just first becoming aware of the fact that you've asked somebody else for their opinion without checking in for your own first? Oh, there we go. Step one, ask yourself, what's my opinion about this? There we go. That's a concrete action. The second one would be what? Checked in with myself, still not sure what's, what's the right thing to do. Now what? Well, checking in with the self, then you're, you also have to evaluate, is it ego or is it the information coming from your heart? And you need to discern that. Because if there's any ego involved, it may not be a pure guidance. All right, so, so we're gonna say, does it feel constrictive or does it feel expansive? That's probably the only way that I can think of and that I can have experienced it. You know, this, this idea of, is this my head or is this my heart, is, a, is the sort of the physical feeling of it. Um, though, even though I'll tell you, even if it's from my heart, that doesn't necessarily mean I don't have some resistance to doing it. Well, yeah, and the thing is, this is where the problem of the past comes in. Oh. If, if there's fear involved, the fear is usually based on a past experience and that's an unhealed past memory and emotion that mm -hmm. needs to be released because until that's released, you're still operating from the past and you want to have that purity in the moment. And when you're surrendered, the surrender itself will help let go of that fear and that going into your gut to really say, okay, what's true for me, you might have to analyze it a little bit. Is this, is this the way I'm feeling? Is this something from the past? Is this a typical response? Do I feel more centered about it and feel more clear? When, you're, when you have clarity, it's a totally different feeling than when you are, should I or shouldn't I? And you, have, and you have that doubt, you know there's something to let go of. You know there's something to work through and release until you have that clarity and then you can move forward with more ease. Cool. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So keeping on in this pathway, we now have three really clear steps that are clearly defined and talk to us what is so good about mastering this 
life can be so much more pleasant, easy, fun. Uh, you can be surprised and delighted by what may show up because like to your point before, all you need to know is your next step. So mm -hmm. if you live in the moment, divinely guided in your heart, the source will always point you in the direction of your highest and best always. If you trust that, and then you step into the next moment, knowing that you'll be fine, you're surrendering that next moment, life just shows up. You'll, you'll be on more of the conveyor belt of life than you know, trying to um, walk up an, an escalator that stopped. You know, it's, it's, there's a totally different experience of life when you're surrendered. And it's a process. It is the most difficult thing I've, I've had to learn and I've <laughs> tried to learn because letting go is when you're attached to an end result and you oh. have, have a fear that you're not going to get what you want or you don't think you're worthy. Okay. We'll, I'm going I'm to put a wedge right here because we're going to end on, on shortly and I want to make sure that I just cut this in here. Oh my God. The biggest challenge that I see when I'm working with my clients is that they have been told to set goals. They've been told to create expectations and results that they are very, very attached to. And it's the attachment that's creating the resistance to it actually showing up. So how do we set goals and not become attached to them? You know, it's funny. I'm not even sure you need goals anymore because if you're, if you're in the yes. moment and just following what your guidance is for your next step, it'll all open up. You follow the inspiration. If you, if you feel like creating something, then go and create it. And then it becomes a goal. But if you're thinking about it in your head that you have to, you have to do this and you have to get there and what are you going to have to do to get there? It's a lot of energy that's, that's detracting rather than supportive. When you just follow inspiration, it'll, the doors just open and it becomes easy to create whatever it is that's purposeful for your highest and best good and the highest and best good of all. Awesome. All right. Well, I love that answer. I really, really do. Um, the idea of not having goals because I resist setting them. So now I'm going to give myself permission not to. I'm going to leave the goal setting up to my internal guidance system. And I want you to talk a little bit because you have a great gift for everybody. And it is called Gifts from Joy. And Katie's going to take care of dropping the link in the description in there. But just share with them what's the possibility of them grabbing these gifts and starting to apply them, what might they expect? Well, there's um, a little mini course that talks about success in general from relationships, money, etc. And then there's some background um, spiritual information that will enlighten them to understand some aspects of life that they may not be aware of. And by applying some of this information, they might be a little bit more savvy and, and approach life with more ease. And again, the whole idea is to help people succeed with more ease. It's time for everyone to soar and, and be who they were meant to be. 
Got it. That's a wonderful gift. Okay. So what else is in that package? Gifts from Joy. What will they explore more? Uh, they'll, uh, yeah, they'll actually understand there's a wonderful report called Transition to Heaven. Now it talks about the process of somebody returning to heaven, but it also talks about the process of coming from heaven to earth and what your, what your life is here to accomplish and what goes behind that. And I think if people understood the, the bigger picture of life, they could embrace it with, with more eagerness and um, succeed more overall because you want to accomplish what you came here for. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we are absolutely wanting to accomplish what we came here for. It kind of implies that we spend a little bit of time figuring out what we're here for. It's a thought. All right. So thank you. All right. So Katie has the link. It's gone to everyone out there. We have just such gratitude. Dr. Joy for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I hope we wound it all up in a nice tight ribbon, put a bow on it for everyone. Lightening up your world is a way to lighten up the world in general.